Welcome to the family with Woof. Doug Sprinthal. <laughs> oh, God. Alex Brandt Bernard Rasmussen. Melissa Kirk. Catherine Brandt. Andy Brandt Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. We will take a break. Be right back with Laura Wasser. Divorce Sucks, her podcast. It's called Divorce Sucks, and we want to hear all about it. And we will from Laura right after this with the family. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. That works. It's been good. <laughs> it's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? At, uh, e- either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Oh, that's right. I keep forgetting that you got to put up with Doug. Every time. Doug's only been six years now, I think. So anyway, uh, stick around after this uh, episode for the 14th episode of Car Selling Secrets. It should launch 15th. 15th. Yeah, we're up to 15. About 1 o'clock or a little after. Paul Walzer is our special guest. He's the really the guy that got Walzer Automotive Group off the ground. He's sort of semi-retired. I handed the business over to his brother, but he's a very, very interesting guy, so it should be a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. And call in with questions. If you need uh, some re- car repair advice, he's probably the last person you should ask. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you so much for that. Ladies and gentlemen. Wow. Oh. Hey, it's no problem. I'll do another intro for you. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. I didn't like it too they much. They loved but, it. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, Walzer Automotive Group, walzer.com. Our listeners are unbelievable. Not, Joe and Doc got together. I grew up listening to classic rock, and now I listen to a half-rate morning show on some lame radio station hosted by this pill. Then Doc says, pill is right. Some days he's a sleeping pill. Other days he's a cyanide pill because he kills my spirit, bitch. Uh, Joe, see if you could find Shark Man and Grease Man Morning Zoo. We could listen to that. I think Tom's asleep. He's probably texting Bryant or Sprinthal. No time for us peons. <laughs> Unbelievable. Wow. Well. A couple of big babies. Well. It's kind of listeners I like, big babies. Ladies and gentlemen, Laura Wasser. How you doing, Laura? I'm well, thanks. How are you? Marvelous. Uh, you're on Podcast One, correct? PodcastOne.com, Divorce Sucks with Laura Wasser, W-A-S-S-E-R. Uh, so, Laura, where did it all start? <laughs> oh, well, it all started uh, probably back in uh, 1968 when my parents found out that my father had passed the bar exam and decided to have celebratory sex, oh. and I was conceived, and they decided because he passed the California bar exam to make my initials L-A-W. So uh. <laughs> and, and you were wondering where that was going, weren't you? No. Anyway, no, I so like I've... I've, I've I, I did fight being an attorney for a long time, but ultimately I succumbed. And I've been practicing family law for 25 years now. Family law is a euphemism for divorce law. And last year, uh, Podcast One came to me and said, how about you do a 
weekly podcast about how people get divorced, how it works, what people's experiences are. You've represented some celebrities in your practice so you can get them to come on and talk about it. And so because I was also launching an online divorce website called It's Over Easy, I figured that this would be a good way to kind of get the word out. So divorce sucks. Either that or have breakfast. It's over easy. That's good. I like it. There you go. That works for me. I've never had to go through a divorce, but I know some other people in the room have, and I, I just, uh, like four or five times. Easy now, gunpowder. <laughs> <laughs> but it's got to be, man, i got to believe that's it's extremely emotional, isn't it? Or by the time they come to an mm-hmm. attorney, is it pretty much over already? Especially if you're attached to money. <laughs> then it's, really emo- then it's yes. very emotional. It's extremely <laughs> It's extremely emotional. Part of it is, you know, losing that attachment to your spouse, but the other part of it is losing your attachment to the money. What we're trying to do is, look, it definitely sucks. It's definitely difficult, but it's definitely happening. And for those to whom it is happening, we're trying to make the, the legal and the financial part easier. So you can deal with the grief of having, you know, the ending of that kind of a relationship and be able to move on. So many people get swept up in the emotions of it that they end up mm-hmm. spending way too much money on attorneys because they're in the moment. And so what we're trying to do is really separate that out, let people have the ability to heal and get through what is absolutely a crappy time, but not spend a bunch of money and negative energy on the actual legal process. Oh, I, I understand what you're saying completely. I used to work in a divorce attorney's office when I was going through college and I was And you decided to get married? And I was looking through some of these files <laughs> hey. and some of these files would be a conference room, you know, long box full of all of this stuff. It was just like and then she threw a shrimp at me at our dinner party and embarrassed <laughs> me and, and I'm like, This is what you're telling an attorney this for for seven hundred dollars an hour? You're going through, you know, the the dinner party fight, really? I mean, it was just, I mean, they would drag the stuff. It's crazy. Yes. And I think so many people, after it's over, look back and go, what was I thinking? Why did I have my attorney write a three-page letter about the shrimp throwing? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) Because you're emotional. You, you, that happens. And the problem is, and again, I, I have great colleagues. I love family law attorneys. We are all problem solvers. We're trying to get it done. But, you know, so often when people come into my office, I go, let's be really clear about this. The more you fight, the more money I make. And Mm -hmm. dude, I already drive a Porsche. So let's figure out a way to get you (laughs) out of this without having to write a three-page letter about the shrimp throwing incident or any, I mean, there's so many other things. Right. I mean, I, I, even, even extramarital affairs, which are horrible, talk to your therapist, talk to your priest, talk to your rabbi, talk to your girlfriends over a glass of Chardonnay. Don't talk to your lawyer. Right. I, I have a question for you. How, what percentage of the uh, cases is uh, arbitration successful? And I, and I know a lot of, of couples go that route prior to seeing an attorney. I did it myself, actually. I'm just curious as to what your experience is with arbitration. I think it's, I mean, it probably differs from state to state. In California, where I practice, we are much more mediation or arbitration oriented. And I'd say probably about 80%. I think if people are kind of hip to it and aware of it, it works. Because what happens is you have this opportunity to air your grievances, talk about what's gone on. You're not in front of a judge. You're in front of like a neutral third party. You get that out of your system. You also kind of compile and exchange the financial information necessary, and you make a deal. And so what we're really trying to do at It's Over Easy and at Divorce Sucks is make that, educate people as to that as a possibility and to a different way of doing things. We call it the evolution of dissolution. And again, what struck me is I've been practicing for 25 years. Very little has changed. We're still dealing with, remember the movie Kramer versus Kramer? We're still dealing with these horrible knockdown, drag out. And again, it's not just financially taxing. It's emotionally devastating. If you can approach it from a different angle, which is, hey, this is horrible, but it's happening. How do we do this in a way that we're going to save our money and more importantly, save our kids having well-adjusted children that are able to go back and forth? When, when you know, my kid was in kindergarten, his dad and I were the only parents in the class that weren't living under the same roof. By fourth grade, 
I think 40% of the class, the parents have split yeah. up. So it's happening. Sure. How do we do it better? You know, I actually have a friend. I, I've been a friend for a long time, and there was a lot of dough involved in this, and I understand that. took him 14 years to get divorced. What? 14 wow. I mean, years. Isn't that crazy? Oh. Yeah, no, we've, we've seen those. You can be married like three that or four times. That means somebody's doing something years. wrong. You should know. <laughs> yeah, some, somebody's doing something wrong. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. How it, long were they married? Uh, for quite some time. He Before they okay. filed for divorce. <laughs> yeah, I think, I yeah. think at least 20, 25 years. Wow. They were married a long time, but he, there was a lot of money involved, and that was the mm -hmm. whole problem, I think. Yeah, I but have, here's the thing. With more money, money there, it should be easier with more money. Yeah, you yeah. would think, right. It should be like, look, yeah. we've both got plenty of money. Let's move on. Yeah, exactly. Jeff Bezos yeah. got divorced in, what, about 15 minutes? 15 yeah. minutes. Yeah, what, 47 exactly. billion? Yeah. yeah. I have, I'm 30, and I already have two friends that are divorced. Really? Mm -hmm. You do? Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. Um, so do you think that prenups help when there is a divorce? I do. I actually think prenups help people stay together, to be honest with you. And I know that. I mean, Ooh, look, I go. know they're not romantic. I know they're not sexy. But I think one of the things we're reading a lot about now is how, like, millennials are not getting married. Um, or millennials are getting married later, and that's why the divorce rate is re decreasing. Um, I think that's great. I also think that millennials are having more prenups, not just wealthy millennials, but people that just they're smart and they want to know what the law is in their state and they want to know what the terms of this contract that they're entering into. And marriage is a contract. Everyone says, oh, God, I can't believe you're entering into a contract. Marriage is a contract. People get married and they enter into contracts for the venue and the cake and the dress and the florist and the caterer, but they never think about the most important contract, which is the contract of marriage. Find out what the law is in your state, and if you are down with those rules. If you're not, then let's talk about how you opt out and what you would prefer in terms of what your financial situation is going to be, your responsibilities during marriage. There's some things you can't opt out of. You can't opt out of child support, for example, but you can certainly opt out of like a community property situation where you get married in California and automatically half of everything you earn from that day forward is half and half. You can say that doesn't work for me because I've already been doing my job for this long and I really honed my art or whatever it is, and I don't want to pay half or share half of everything I earn with the person that I'm married to. Yeah, that makes sense. Now, I, I want to run a little experiment here, Laura, okay? The woman you were talking yeah. to there is is my wife. The Catherine. woman named yeah, Catherine. I had a feeling about that. That's woman. Catherine? That's Catherine. Yes, Absolutely. <laughs> so I will say this, and then she can follow it up with her comment. Uh, we've been together for 38 years, been married for 35 years. And I've never even once considered divorce. And now here's Catherine. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so many times. It's Thursday. <laughs> yeah, it's Thursday, honey. So many Go times. Go forward. What do you so mean so many times? What's that oh, all about? Oh, you've been hanging by a thread for many times. <laughs> and you, know, that, and you, you know those 30, times. 35 years in my world, that's quite an accomplishment. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. I have a it is a hard job yeah. to be married, but it is often so worth it but I do I think obviously you guys have found something that you a common ground you obviously have good communication with each other that's so key in terms of keeping things fluid and keeping things evolving and it's really important I mean I probably know about as much as marriage as I do about divorce and I've seen so many relationships 35 years and 38 together that's awesome thank you very much but I have a I have another question I had a friend that went through mediation and she found out later that her ex was had hidden tons of assets going into mediation what happens then in most states there are omitted apps first of all when you enter into mediation you still have to sign exchange and and under penalty of perjury um exchange information about what you each have so if that person her husband signed all those forms under penalty of perjury. He, one, broke the law when he said that these assets didn't exist or... We're losing you. Doubt is the judge, if you come forward and say, well, he didn't tell me he had this bank account offshore, I found out later, the judge will either then 
give a heavy, heavy penalty to the person that omitted the asset. I've seen instances where the judge awarded the entire asset, not just half of it, Ooh. to the other spouse. So not so worth lying. No, no, not worth lying. Yeah, not worth lying. And again, these days more than ever, it's very hard to hide assets. Because there's this electronic footprint that you have of everything. I mean, back in the day when everything was in, like, a shoebox receipt. But now you can usually see everything that's come out over time. And if a big chunk of money was supposed to come in and didn't show up or got transferred, you see that. Well, that's good because, I mean, she was so exhausted by the whole thing. She was just – by the time they were divorced – she was just so exhausted. I don't even think she cared anymore, to tell you the truth. Yeah. It's just like, right. I can't even deal happens. with this person one more day in my life. Yeah. So we got away with it. Exactly. After a certain period of time, you're just like, I'm so done. I want to, I'm out. And that's why I feel like if you start from a point of ex- from education, understanding, and really wanting to get into it, you have to be the master of your own destiny. And hopefully it doesn't, it doesn't go on for that long. Because, yeah, it does. It taps you out. Because we've got a couple in here that are going to be married in October. Mm-hmm. They're fiancés, and they're right here. So do you have any, what's, what's the best advice? Get a prenup? <laughs> <laughs> Even if you don't have a prenup, because they're not for everybody, I would have some of the conversations that would go into having a prenup. What, do you, what are each of your expectations after you get married? Um, what, what, how much are you going to put away every year for retirement? Have you discussed what happens with your elderly parents? Are they going to come live with you? Or are you going to put them in assisted living? No. What do you think is going to happen if you have kids? Is somebody going to go? Are you both going back to work? Some of these things, sit down, map through them, plan them out, and really talk about them. And the other thing I would say is, while you guys are madly in love and have stars in your eyes, figure out a great way to communicate so that when things aren't good, and inevitably, um, as Tom and Catherine will tell you, that sometimes they won't be good, you have a really good ability and language to speak with each other and communicate with each other. Get that down while things are good. And I think that you will probably do great. I think that's wonderful advice. Because mm-hmm. communication is like 90% of a marriage, yes. oh, right? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Dan and I took, my husband and I took a premarital counseling class at the church we got married in. And we had to take a quiz and we found out that he is an internal processor and I'm an external processor, which makes can make things yeah. hard. But like learning that ahead of time was huge. Just yes. knowing that like this is how he processes things. He can't talk and talk and talk, but I have to talk and talk and talk. Hmm. Yeah, I'm the same way. Yeah. I like to purge yep. everything. So the best way to do it is just communicate with them. Say, look, I'm not ready yeah. to talk about this yeah, right exactly. now. Exactly. Give me yeah, my time, mm-hmm. and then I will come to you when I'm ready. If you're yeah. Tom Bernard, you say, well, I am ready to talk right now. <laughs> you like it or not. There will be talking. <laughs> but isn't it, isn't it amazing that they don't make you take those premarital classes? Like, I remember yeah. that scene in Parenthood oh, where Keanu Reeves says, you know, you need a license to drive, you need mm-hmm. a license to fish, yep. but any guy can become a parent. It's the same to get married. I mean, you need a marriage license, but they don't put you through any hoops oh, to get it. It's, hey, like, you can get like huge. 25 so many, cents off. So for... many people would stay married. <laughs> so, yeah. Laura, Laura, do you, do you wow. have to get going? I, do yes. you have time to stick her? Oh, you do have to get going? Yes. Oh, I'm sorry. I'd love to have you on again to talk about this, because apparently my wife loves to talk to divorce attorneys. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Laura. Yeah, she's, just speed exploring, she's just exploring her options. Okay. <laughs> okay. Okay. Podcast one, Divorce Sucks, Laura Wasser, W-A-S-S-E-R. Thanks, Laura. Thanks, guys. Bye. We'll go to break. Be right back. It's Tom Bernard with North American Banking Company CEO and my buddy, Michael Bilski. Michael, let's say somebody has a plan to expand their business this year. How can North American Banking Company get that job done? At North American Banking Company, we'll take time to understand the customer's needs and wants and their plans for the future. Once we have a good understanding of that, we'll try to solve their financing dilemma. We won't take a cookie-cutter approach to any financing situation. Wonderful. So if I need cash to expand my podcast, you got a plan for me too? No. (laughs) (laughs) God, thank you. I see where this is going. Well, we love working with you. We can help any business, including a podcast that's already very successful. Who's better than you? That's what I want to know. I still never liked you, though. You are. No, I never. Don't try to make up. I don't. (laughs) 
Why not bank with my banker, North American Banking Company, a better banking experience, member FDIC, and an equal housing lender. Tom Bernard here for Whiting Clinic LASIK and Cataract. There's no better time than now to ditch your contacts and pitch your glasses. Whiting Clinic is the place I trusted to do this for me, and it's not just me. There's a reason Whiting Clinic is the number one LASIK practice in the United States. Dr. Whiting's unsurpassed experience, the most advanced Contura laser technology, and lifetime coverage are all backed by Whiting Clinic's best price guarantee. Being the experts they are, they wanted to make sure you have the very best for your eyes, just like I did. Call now for Whiting Clinic's $500 off LASIK savings. If you're like me, not a big fan of glasses and contact lenses, then it's time you found out if you're a candidate for LASIK. And Whiting Clinic is definitely the place to go. Call 855-554-2020 today or visit whitingclinic.com to set up your free LASIK consultation. Remember to tell them that I sent you and save $500 on your LASIK. Offer good for a limited time. Call Whiting Clinic for details. Good for both eyes only. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Great song. So here it is. Get it on. Two 90-year-olds are in divorce court. The judge says, how long have you been married? 72 years. And you want to get divorced now after 72 years of marriage? Yeah, we wanted to wait until the kids were dead. (laughs) That would be easier. Well, I understand that completely. Yeah, makes total sense to me. Yeah, I was on a a train down in Florida, and um, we had a delay. Um, on the train, so we're all sitting. Oh, when there. you thought you weren't going to make your flight to Arizona, I didn't think yeah. I was going to get my flight. Yeah, that was a whole another thing. But yeah. there's this couple, very well dressed couple. You could tell that they, you know, he's, you know, they're professional something. They're oh, I don't know, maybe sixties. <laughs> they're fighting. Like, the whole world is okay with hearing, why don't you just divorce me already then if you can't stand anything I do? Oh, and I'm my, like, God. oh God. my God. So they were from Westchester. <laughs> <laughs> they were from Westchester. I like it. It's like, so I mean, just because you're, you've been married a long time, a short yeah. time, that whole... And I yeah, wanted to point that out. I, mean, I know I've seen couples that have been married a long time, but you can tell they're kind of miserable. I mean, yeah. they're really yeah. living parallel lives. Where yes. Clearly yeah. that isn't the case with you. Guys, so I think that's. I, I'm we really shocked when you <laughs> see couples that have been married for like 50, 55 years. They got married when they were 17 or 18 and they still love being together. I think yeah. that that's yeah. so incredible. Yeah, that is incredible. But I yeah. mean, yeah, it's just, uh, and then on the flip side, I've known couples that are always holding hands and they're always yeah. really sweet. They're to compensating each other, for And something. then all of a sudden they're going to get a divorce and like, you're like, what? Mm-hmm. You guys are all so lovey dovey all the time. Overcompensating for something. I don't know. Like, let's show everyone how much we're in love. But then when they get home, it's like, get away from And they're all There are those couples that it's like, I have some friends that are like, they fight and then they like do some grand gesture and then they fight and then a grand gesture. It's like, oh my God. That's very exhausting. Terrible. So I have a question for all of you. You take Nick Cage. And Lisa Presley, who were at one time married to one another, I believe. Oh, so weird. About that. Yeah. They've both been married seven or eight times. Wouldn't you learn your lesson after <laughs> three, maybe three? Maybe I'm not I good think, at I this. I think Gary Oldham, it's like five or six. Is it really? Yeah. Don't you think oh a lot God. of the celebrities, though, it's like careers waning, time for a new Yeah, maybe. Some the new husband. Yeah. Well, Nick Cage's last one, he got drunk in Vegas and married a hooker, didn't he? Four days. Yep. Oh, he got divorced my. after four days. Yeah. Good he's a crazy you. man. He yeah. is a crazy man. He's a little wacky. He's, he's out there yeah. a little Issues. bit. Yeah. The best marriage, some of the best marriage. I got really good marriage advice out of that premarital counseling. Then that we like we had to take the Myers Briggs personality test, mm-hmm. and then like does talk about Dan have how a personality. He does. <laughs> okay, okay, just a little. Don't tell him I said that. Yeah. <laughs> he wouldn't. He wouldn't be offended. Um, Not at all. But yeah, we had to do that, and then we had to do a quiz about how we both. <laughs> handled money and she was like money is the number one reason people get divorced yeah. really yeah oh, number I, one I reason totally believe that because they're like if you I know if you're that if you're a spender and you're married to a saver that's really hard like if you're going out and spending all this money and just don't really care and then if you're married to somebody that doesn't like to spend money and likes to save their money and keep their money that can be a like really difficult and dan and i got the exact same score on the money quiz so we see money the exact same way really that was cool things have changed for you (laughs) 
they totally have. I used yeah. to be a total spender, and now I'm yep. more of a much more of a saver. Yeah. I remember being so worried about you with money, and I would try I to talk to you about money. You would just get this glazed look on your. Oh God! I hated like I was about money. stabbing you, and no. it was yeah. Now I buy everything used. I like don't. Yes. Yeah, I'm much more of a saver now. But yeah, I. Well, having young kids is expensive. It is expensive, yes. especially if you're going to like people that buy everything new for all their kids. I'm like, how do you even afford that? They're not but, saving any money. So anyway, the best marriage advice that I got is tell your spouse when they're annoying you, mm. because I think that that saves a lot. <laughs> of, oh my God. Great. But not too I much. think that's it. <laughs> no, but it's just like, you know, there are people that harbor these feelings and then like act out in weird ways because they're irritated by something their spouse is doing, but they're not telling them outright, yeah, like, right. this bothers me right. or what you're doing, like, that hurt my feelings or something, you know? And so then they hold on to these feelings for six months or a year, and then all of a sudden it like comes spilling all out. Yeah. Yeah. So somebody was I like, tell that. them. Like, if, they're, if you're irritated by something they're doing, tell them. Just be like, you're annoying, and this is why. <laughs> Let's figure it out. He's looking at me like, what do you think about that one? <laughs> I'm just trying to figure out where Alex got the I'm a saver thing. She learned I it. I am now, yeah. Well, but who would you learn it from? Well, a big part of it. Where would from, I learn it from? A big part of it for me is like being eco-friendly. Is like buying used stuff for what a me. Waste of yeah, because that's I super cheap, right? <laughs> no, I'm saying like buying eco-friendly. It can be like cloth diapering, way cheaper than disposable diapers. Yeah, uh, I don't like that disposable diaper thing either. They every, take 500 years every to break single down diaper, a landfill. Every single diaper ever produced is still in a landfill. Well, they've got God. they've got biodegradable ones now, but they're like $40 a diaper. Yeah, well, that's and what I'm the, saying. Well, and, no. <laughs> so but hard, the hard people. thing about, like, biodegradable disposable diapers don't work anyway because they're covered in garbage that doesn't breathe and you need oxygen to biodegrade so it still cre it doesn't break down and it still creates Just methane. Just let the children run around naked. That's what we do at home. <laughs> and pee wherever they feel. Yeah, yeah. Cloth, diapering, cloth diapering is... Go live in the park. Much more, it's more expensive <laughs> up front. Like, you have to pay one sum. Yeah. But then, like, I've used cloth diapers for fun and yeah. Sage. I just spent I zero dollars no, I on did diapering. Di I did for cloth sage. diapers too for quite some time because of the same thing. I just, I just felt like, God, that's just so much garbage. It is a well, lot I, was of garbage. A, I have a question for you. And it's crisp and green. They make their own bowls, <laughs> which biodegrade in a very short time. Mm -hmm. But they're what looks like a plastic cover over it, but it's not. Yeah, plastic. but they're compostable. It's made of it's made of it's corn. Made of corn. PLA. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's PLA? It's a plastic derived or a plant derived plastic. Yeah. So it's not really plastic. It is. Well, they said they said this corn stuff that ours made of corn. Yeah, like crisp and, and green. Yeah. The salady store. That's what Dad's store. talking about. That's yeah. what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't. It's not. I don't know. It's not plastic. It's corn. Yeah, but what is the shelf life of it once it's got something not very in long. it? I know it's not very long. So if you had a diaper that was made of something that would corn disintegrate. Diaper. A corn, corn diaper. You'd have like to it. be kind of careful. <laughs> oh, no, I'm going to sneeze, and I don't have a cough button. Yeah, I think this with all great. of this plastic, it's, gotcha. it's really, really wearing us out, don't you think? I mean, well, plastic <laughs> everywhere. No. We for <laughs> Daisy. By scaring me. Sorry. <laughs> for Daisy, we use these uh, oh, yeah. dog bags. They're made out Wolf of bags? they're made out of the same thing as Elmer's glue. Oh, there yeah. you go. So yeah, you can flush them and then horse hooves. And yep. Well, <laughs> kind of. I don't know if that's really what it is. We it? have um, biodegradable dog poop bags. Yep. They yeah. you flush them and then they just kind of dissolve in the water because that's what Elmer's glue does. Really? Are you mm -hmm. are you are you certain that it's good for the plumbing? If you've ever <laughs> seen you if you've it. ever gotten them oh. even slightly wet, you'll know that they yeah. disintegrate. Yeah, water. like yeah. in the rain, <laughs> they start to they yeah. just fall they start to go like this. That's a so you gross. have to like get in well, it's not you have like to run to the it's not instant. <laughs> but it's not instant, but yeah. yeah, you have to get 
and you don't tie them because if you tie them, they create an air pocket, and then yeah. that could be what gets it. So as long as you leave them and then you let them like soak for a minute, then mm -hmm. you can flush yeah, them. Because I don't, you know, I obviously well, I've got a dog, they work and really you have well. to use poop bags, and I always feel yeah. I feel guilty about those too. We use They're ours. Are, flush puppies. By ours the way. are kind of like. Um, what you put your compost in, like you put the bag in the compost mm -hmm. bin, you know, mm -hmm. ours, our poop bags are like that. Oh. There okay. you go. Yeah. But yeah, like things that, like there's like flushable wipes and stuff, you're like, that's not breaking down in the septic no. system. <laughs> like, well, no. septic systems, no. Yeah. How did we go from the divorce to talking about disposable diapers? Eco-friendly. <laughs> you asked me how I became a saver. A saver, yeah, that's right. And I said that's that it's right. more for me about being eco-friendly, and that saves me a good amount of money but on a lot of things. doesn't that stuff cost more? Yes. No, food, yes, but food does. Other things, no. No? Not really. All right, well, let's I see. I mean, like, I buy, I buy all of the kids' clothes used, and so that's cheaper, and it's eco-friendly because I'm not buying new clothing is very bad for the environment and you know speaking of bad for the environment i just saw there was an edict issued this week from the city of new york that says we're worried about climate change is there any place in the world that pollutes more than new york i mean my god well but oh, new all york, of a sudden you realize that they huh? do they like they can't yeah. use styrofoam in New York City? No, plastic, bags. plastic bags. You cannot, right. They need to get rid of straws, for sure. Straws are, the, the, the paper straws now are really good anyway. The paper straws. They and there's almost through the whole drink. <laughs> almost. <laughs> there's, oh, oat, there's oat straws. Yeah. There's, You can um, just get a steel straw. Why yeah, can't they just, just wash it, things? I know. Why don't we just go back to washing things? I know. I, I know. never, everything. Well, and it's like, you go That's to restaurants. That's how I feel about milk cartons why can't we have milkmen yeah milk yes. or just yeah or just return them i was never part of that start. generation but i think it's the best form of milk giving milk yes for sure <laughs> and you can you can find a yeah. milkman they're just they're but they're really, not yeah it's really not commonplace the the companies don't want to pay for the shipping and all of that weight takes more fuel to transport, so it local. might end up being... If yeah, local, it's like you it's find like, a local farmer. It's like farmer having a, and, yeah. a mailman come to your door every day. Yeah, do we it's have like the any, same thing. Do we I, have any dairies that are local anymore? Yeah, really. I can't imagine, yeah, though, there, the you cost find, of a Yeah, yeah there's one milk. in our neighborhood. There is? We have a milkman in our neighborhood. No, yeah. but a dairy. Do we have a dairy in the neighborhood? Yeah, I don't know about that. Yeah, yeah shipping glass find. bottles takes a lot of fuel is the problem. Yeah, there's a there's a um, local Stony Brook, Stony something. Yeah, Stony Brook, I think yeah. it is Stony Brook. I think, Brook. yeah, and they have, it's glass, and you, you can buy it at, like, a co-op, and then you bring it back, and they reuse it. Well, yeah. the Minnesota Zoo has that little farm that has farm milking. I mean, yeah. They have a milking area. Mm. Why don't mm. that's pretty close you to the Twin milk Cities. Your own cow? No, no, like they they have little they put on little shows to like show kids how we milk cows now and all yeah, that. Yeah, they put stuff. them in the machine and yeah. everything. Yeah, so it's like if they have that, they could just make that bigger. I mean, and make it a farm. Well, and I know that milking. we have um, some Organic Valley. You know, the brand Organic mm -hmm. Valley. There are some suppliers in Minnesota for Organic Valley. Look at this. We're all turning into hippies on the old family podcast. What do you think? Unbelievable. <laughs> Woohoo! I'm in favor of plastic bags. <laughs> well, the only thing I'm in favor for plastic bags is when you buy meat products. I'm sorry. I want that in a plastic bag. Yeah. I don't want that dripping all over my other Bring stuff. Bring a reusable silicone bag. I bought some of those. Dad, those, they're great. Your father even got those out of the pantry last night for the See? leftover food. Dad, I, was I like, like it. so proud. I Dan, to tell you. Dan the other day wrapped his. I made brownies, and he was wrapping one in saran wrap, and he was, like, trying to hide it from me, and I looked at him, and he's like, what? And I was like, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. nothing. I was like, why are you using saran wrap? And he's like, there's nothing clean that can fit the brownie. Everything's too big. And I was like, did you look in the dishwasher? It's clean. And he's like, no. God. He's, like, scared to have me find out he was using saran wrap. You don't use saran wrap ever anymore. I, I barely use it. Do. I, I use it not very often, but I use it. No, like a, a roll of saran wrap lasts me a year. Yeah. Oh, a Dan. Year. Dan has yeah. like an industrial size one from Allen 
who worked in a restaurant. Oh, yeah. It's, like, gigantic. And I'm like, this will last us until we die, and Probably. we'll pass it on to our children. This thing is gigantic. <laughs> yeah. It's intense. But, I mean, you know, that's the whole thing. It's what's the trade-off between spoiled food thrown away versus, you know, using Slightly reusable this. Yeah, it's yeah. just... Yeah, yeah. You know, that's the problem. Those stasher yeah. bags, the silicone Ziploc bags, are sweet. I can I go to the co-op and they put the cheese and the meat in them. They just weigh it and then put it in the bag so they don't put it in the plastic bag. But then you've got to, can you put those in the dishwasher? Yeah. Oh. You turn it inside out and then put it in the dishwasher. Oh, yeah, because they're silicone. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. They're high heat. Yep. Okay. They're great. And they go in the freezer, too, which is yep. nice. They freeze great. They, yeah, they're easy to clean. Mm. They're easy to carry around. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, that's probably the most hippie part about me is I wish we could like do less trash. And I'm, I'm not really big on the whole organic foods all over the place kind of thing, but kill the I bees. Who cares? I, I don't want to. <laughs> well, within reason. One, but yeah, I mean, like, I am more so about the trash thing, because there's just too much trash. There's a lot of trash. I mean, when we were growing up, we had that commercial with the Indian crying. Mm -hmm. Wasn't even an Indian. It was well, a Jewish know, guy. It, that yeah, made me, I, Native I, I American. You, that commercial affected me for the rest of my life. I yeah. hated garbage and waste ever since I saw that commercial as a little kid. Can you guys, do you have a compost drop-off? No. You don't? We do not. No. Not a drop-off even? Come on, I'm Golden not Valley. off compost anyway. I'm sorry. Why? Just, I don't know. Just we have to take a it. break. We'll be right back in a couple <laughs> minutes. More with the fan. Not going to do it. What are the things you want to avoid when it comes time to sell your home? Hey, it's Tom with my realtor, Chris Lindahl. If you're like most people, it's things like open houses, staging, decluttering, repairs, maintenance, and all the people coming through your house. Hey, Tom, the Guaranteed Offer Program from Chris Lindahl Real Estate was created for people like you so that you can avoid the things that you don't like doing when it comes time to sell your home. We have been presenting offers for homes in most price ranges. Homeowners are loving our guaranteed offer program, especially how much money they are making on their home sale without the inconveniences. So this program is for all price ranges and conditions, including perfectly maintained homes? Most homes do qualify. To see if your home qualifies, go to chrislindahl.com and click Get Offer right now. Will you be the next homeowner to accept an offer from our guaranteed offer program? Find out now. If you qualify, you will get an offer in 48 hours or less, and the best part is you get to pick a closing date that is convenient for you and close in as little as three weeks. Go to chrislindahl.com right now to see if you qualify or call 763-401-SOLD. That is 763-401-SOLD. I'm talking to Neil Sheehy, ex-NHL defenseman. Neil, you've had a great success following the Nutramost Wellness Plan. How much weight did you lose, and what makes Nutramost different from all those other programs out there? Tom, I dropped over 63 pounds in 44 days, but more importantly, I know how to keep it off. In addition to my success, I have two brothers and two sisters who had great success on the Nutramost Wellness Program. And collectively, we all lost a total of 222 pounds on the program. My brother and I were so impressed that we decided to open up a clinic in Plymouth. Find out how and why Nutramost is unlike any other weight loss plan by attending the Nutramost free dinner at 6.30 p.m. on Monday, June 24th, at Jake's in Plymouth. Nutramost guarantees that you lose 20 pounds or more. Register for the Nutramost dinner or schedule your immediate consultation. Call 763-333-7337. That is 763-333-7337. Dog a palooza around here. Daisy decided to get cuddly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Love you. Kiss me. Kiss me. <laughs> um, is this a sound design? My mic's not on. Yes, it, it is. is. Note it. Oh, yeah, I it. Turn, oh, when, you <laughs> when you don't talk, how do you know? Turn them off. I, what do I know? I didn't know he we were He sits in the dark there. and says, but I can't see anything. Well, you guys can talk. I've gone blind. Something's wrong. <laughs> You didn't have to wait for me. You could have just started talking. Yeah, I did. <laughs> About 100 Google employees are asking San Francisco to boot the tech giant from the city's annual pride parade over the company's handling of hate speech online. We have spent countless hours advocating for our company to improve policies and practices regarding the treatment of LGBTQ plus persons. 
Uh, is it a plus? Because there's a plus sign at the end. T. Of that. No, it's no, it's LGBTQ+. The acronym is different depending plus. on who you ask. Oh, oh it is? Okay. Yeah. Uh, the depiction of yeah. LGBTQ plus persons and harassment and hate speech directed at LGBTQ plus persons on YouTube and other Google products. The employees write in an open letter. Whenever we press for, for change, we are told only that the company will take a hard look at these policies. But we are never given a commitment to improve. And when we ask when these improvements will be made, we're always told to be patient. Google has specifically come under fire in recent weeks for its response to racist and homophobic jokes made by conservative comedian and commentator Stephen Crowder. Uh, who's Steve? I don't know who Stephen Crowder never is. Never heard of him. Does anybody know Stephen Crowder? Sounds familiar. He's just some comedian. Stephen Crowder. Yeah, Stephen Crowder. Apparently, YouTube, which is owned by uh, Google, um, initially said the videos did not yeah. violate its policies after criticism. It uh, demonetized. Demonetized? Mm -hmm. Wouldn't yeah. it be just demonetized? No, demonetized. No, demonetized. Oh, demonetized is in money. I thought it was like demon thing. Uh, demonized? Demonetized. I think you're uh, ready to go on vacation. Yeah, yeah your brain is. <laughs> you are so I, I got ready. a very, very busy Something's day. Happening. So, you know, it's going to be one of those. Okay. So uh, demonetized Crowder's channel, but did not remove the videos, Bloomberg reports. The video streaming site has also been criticized for failing to remove other similar content reports and gadget. Uh, if another official platform, YouTube, allows abuse and hate and discrimination against LGBTQ plus persons, then Pride must not provide the company with a platform that paints it. No, I just went away again. No, it's a weird glitch. Yeah. It's yeah. fine. Oh, it's just a glitch? Yeah. Okay. But in any case, I, doesn't that shock you that Google would allow people to bash racially... I mean, doesn't it shock you that they campaign metal? Doesn't everyone, yeah, I mean, exactly. that they listen in on filthy. all of your conversations? Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's, well, it's they all shocking. They well, I mean, like, it's that. a comedian oh. on YouTube. Is that really that big a deal? Well, I, if they don't want to work there, though, if the guy's going out, so it's... Well, then they can quit. That's it's racist and homophobic jokes made by conservative comedian and commentator Stephen Crowder. I don't know who Stephen Crowder is. What do they mean? That's my point exactly. Yeah. Well, and why? It's just some guy yeah, on YouTube, and they're yeah, throwing a hissy fit because Daddy won't fix it for to him. Do with, yeah. I guess, but it really surprised me that Google would. Google is way too powerful now. I mean, yes, we got to do something about Google and Facebook and all that. It's, <laughs> it's way starting too to sound powerful. like Elizabeth Warren there. Yeah. Yes, you know, well, you know. I don't know if you know this or not, but I'm part Indian, yeah. and therefore I got into Harvard. She may be a liar, but she's not wrong about everything she says. Yeah, that's right, exactly. If somebody talks long enough, you'll agree with that's something true. That they that's say. That's right. <laughs> I suppose that is true. Right? Absolutely. Absolutely. That is pretty much true. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I agree. Sometimes, every once in a while, Donald Trump does something, and I agree with it. I'm always shocked at that. You're shocked that you agree <laughs> with Donald. I'm like, should I admit that I agree with I know, with you kind of feel guilty. Yeah. <laughs> And what was that one comment he made yesterday? Somebody asked him about the summit with China, and he goes, that's none of your business. <laughs> like, what? He's so bizarre. What do you mean it's none of our business? Weird, yes, weird it is guy. our business. Speaking of elephants. I think it's hilarious. What about elephants? There was this... There's Speaking like, of elephants, what the hell is it? <laughs> I wanted to oh, tell that's nice. This. I wanted to tell everybody this because it's a cute story. There was, an, uh, there was like 300 Asian elephants left in this region in China, mm -hmm. and one of them came into this uh, like street grocer kind of place and tore off the tarp and started helping itself to all the fruits and vegetables. <laughs> and I guess I guess somebody caught it on camera, and you, you hear the guy that owns the little kiosk going, are you hungry, elephant? Oh, <laughs> please help yourself. Take all the fruits and vegetables. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just chows down and just walks away into the forest. <laughs> I'm like, that's so cute. Probably, I mean, that's probably, you know, that guy's livelihood for the entire month I is what he had so, yeah. at the stand. And he's yeah. like, go ahead and eat all well, of he was, the fruits and they're, vegetables. They're so big, he's probably nervous that if anybody tried to, like, shoo it out. Well, I guess there's 300 left of these, this certain kind of, I think it's called an Asian elephant. Mm -hmm. And they're very, very protected. So you're not supposed to harass them in any way, shape, or form. So I guess if yeah. they want to come and rip down your house, you got to let them. Would you like to rip down your house, elephant? <laughs> Please feel free. So anyway, I just thought that was cute. Yeah, was cute. I mean, watching them just... So why did he just... Uh, 
Well, I suppose if he can't harass them in any way, he had to let the elephant yeah, could, eat it all. Well, I I, I'm guessing I you suppose. could shoo it away if your life was in danger or something. But. Well, we've seen somebody try to do move a camel where they didn't want to go, so I can't <laughs> even imagine an elephant. We were at, we were in Arizona, uh, Sedona, right? It was no, Sedona? it was near Sedona. I think it was Tlacopaki. Okay. Tlaca which is which is right next to Sedona. <laughs> okay. And my my parents wanted to go or told us about this uh, Christmas Christmas. It's like a nativity play. Nat yeah, basically. And it's so good. It's so wonderful. They you have really to really do a wonderful job. And that night it was a little cool, so the camel did not want to go. Yeah. Be part of With Jesus? the pageant. Did not. And it was going, <laughs> yeah. It was screaming like, its yeah. brains they were like out. shoving its butt. Thing. And we were, uh, we were seriously, we were cracking up so hard. And people were like trying to take this whole thing so seriously. We like, it's like, come on, man. It was supposed to walk across the like stage area and it just would not move. And, just and, yeah, like, and then they were like, okay, we give up. The camel can just stand there. But yeah, it would just. All of a sudden, they'd be doing their play, and it'd just be like, and you can't move a camel by force. No, no, no there is no moving a camel if it doesn't no. want to move. No, they're big, they animals. tried, they're big, <laughs> didn't work. Heavy animals, so it's just really hot. No, it was cold. No, it was cold. It was cold. Oh, cold the and camel rainy. did not like the cool weather, yeah. <laughs> and well, had, a little, not, had yeah. a little stage fright. It did not oh want to come. Oh, god, it was so it was, funny. I, yeah, that was. Really I know, and funny. one of the people we were with always take, like, everything always has to be <clears throat> so superior and wonderful, and she was like, it's an incredible play, and they do a wonderful job, and we were like, <laughs> <laughs> Camel does not appreciate this show. Yeah, what are you going to do? It, it was hates, very funny. Yeah. It Did you see that funny. Alf's dad died? Who? Alf? Yep. What? Alf's dad died. Oh, the puppet. Oh, oh. What? He was the TV dad to an alien, and now our goodbyes. Tony-nominated Max Wright played Willie Tanner on ALF. He played the, the dad on the show. The actor best known as Willie Tanner, the TV dad who took in an extraterrestrial uh, named ALF, has died. Max Wright passed away Wednesday in his Hermosa Beach, California home. At the age of only 75, reports TMZ, which notes Wright had long battled cancer. Ugh. Wright's son confirmed his death to The Hollywood Reporter, though he didn't elaborate on the details. While Wright was m most well-known for his role on the ABC show, which ran from 1986 to 1990. I never saw that show. Was it any good? I don't, I don't, I don't, we didn't watch it. Was Isn't it wasn't it kind of foul? Was it? Yeah, well... Well, he was a naughty alien. Yeah. Well, it was kind of like which, a like, show for kind of grown-ups. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and who decided yeah. on the... Like how he was gonna look. I know. You think alien, and it's like this weird anteater mammal yeah, looking thing. <laughs> like what? Yeah. It would be all that. I, I never saw the show. Was it? Was it funny? I liked it. You did. Yeah. Uh, it had that adult humor to it. See, what I always have to remember when I look at that. I wonder why I never watched that show. But then I was doing nights in radio. Mm -hmm. uh, well, 19, 1986, we, I started KQ by then. But once again, if it was on later in the night, I couldn't watch it because it was on too late, maybe. I don't know. But I didn't get a chance to watch it. 1986 to 1990, uh, he also appeared in other TV sitcoms, including the short-lived uh, Buffalo Bill, Cheers, Norm and Friends, in which he twice appeared as the manager of Central Perk. Oh, he was the manager of Central Perk? Oh, mm -hmm. Really? Yeah. Huh. Not the no. No, not the no. Albino guy. looking guy. No. The albino looking guy. Well, he was an albino looking was. guy. Yeah. Yeah. He was. Yeah. Well, he looked like it. I don't, I don't know if he was albino, but he looked like he could be. He was obsessed with Rachel. Yes. Yep. What was it, Gunther? Gunther. Yeah, yeah. Gunther. Yeah, Gunther. Yep. I don't understand this. I don't mean to take away from sad news, but why does Newser always change their headlines? The previous headline was simple and not clickability or click clickbaity. Maybe click that's what baity, they mean. Clickbaity, yeah. Uh, does Newser have an editor who just doesn't trust their writers or doesn't like the headlines they come up with? Decides they need to be spiced. This guy's bitching about the headlines on Newser. Well, who cares? He does. Well, apparently he does. Uh, apparently he does. It's un well, really, uh, I don't know how many times we've complained about a headline because yeah. we read it and then it's like, why is the headline like that? We, oh, just really? did, we just did that last mm -hmm. last section. What was, what was that? What was the headline? Well, it was the one about the murder, and we didn't 
no, they didn't talk about murder. Oh right, at all. and then he talked about murder at all. The I mean, so he has a point because we do it too. Yeah. <laughs> no, I understand. That's that is probably the situation. I just so we did learn that uh, dog the bounty hunter to wife. Uh, did you hear what he said? Dog the bounty hunter to wife. His, dog his the wife died. Well, you we said you dog said. the bounty hunter to wife. That's what it says here. Dog the bounty hunter to wife. See you on the other side. Oh no! You, you said we. Yeah, you said well, we did find out that. Dog, yeah, it didn't. No. You know what I'm saying? You get buried me under Tom all. Tom needs a vacation. I do. Yeah. There's no I doubt do. About I do have a feel-good update from a story we did yesterday. Is it about dog the bounty hunter? No, to you can wife? finish. Yeah, I just want to. This is very important, I think. No, but he said he started crying, and oh. he, they recorded him crying, and he said uh, to the doctor. He said, man, and he's bawling his eyes out. He goes, I want you to know something. If she dies, you die. Oh, <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> Settle down, dog. Well, I mean, he is Dog the Bounty Hunter. That's he is dog what he's known hunter. for. Uh, yeah, he just said, if my, if my wife dies, then you die. Look, man, I'm a good guy, but I want you to know that if my wife dies, you die. Said it twice. Yeah, was Calm a, down there, dog. Yeah. So what, what are you talking about? Well, yesterday about the baby that was found in the grocery bag. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Yep. Um, more than a thousand people have reached out to wanting to adopt her. Oh, uh, see how yeah. sweet that is. Yeah, so that's good. What a story. That woman, I honest to God, and I keep forgetting her name, Janae Norman, I think her name is. I think it's Janae Norman. She started bawling openly reading that story on ABC News. Uh, she was, it, it, I mean, they showed this little baby. It's like, oh, my God, I don't know how you could stand it. You put a little baby like that, still had the umbilical cord on it, and you put it in a, ba- in a plastic bag and tie it shut. Well, the woman is either very desperate or mentally ill, yeah, just, one or the don't, other. Don't you just, like I said, you go up to a church and knock on the door and run away? Yeah, yeah they still have answer. that, right, where you can yeah. drop a baby off at any so. fire station, any ER, and no questions asked. You can just say, here's a baby, and go mm-hmm. away, and yeah. it's that's what you should do. Yes. Don't dump them in the dumpster. Don't dump them well, at the I, grocery store. And you I wish, just drop them off. And I wish, too, with adoption, they would make it more accessible to people. It's so it's expensive. Hard, really? It's, it's like $45,000 to adopt a child. Yeah. What? Yes, because wow. you have and legal that's like, fees. That's and even like Amer- in America, not like isn't traveling. Isn't that how much it is? Really? Isn't that how much it is to have a baby, though? No. Forty-five I mean, grand. grand? But Without that's insurance. Over, but that's over time. Have it at the park. <laughs> what? I mean, have it at the park. park. If you, so if you, like, I was looking into home birth with Fawn and mm-hmm. total birth, all the prenatal care and stuff like that was $4,000. Well, that's good. Yeah, forty-five grand seems a little spendy. Maybe if you've got yeah. complications. Yeah. Safe Haven Law says you can drop off a baby at a police department, fire station, or any hospital. And you have 30 days to change your mind. I think that that's what they need to be telling kids at school. No. You have 30 days to change your mind? No. Why not? No. You don't get your baby back if you're like, JK, I want it again. What happens if it's a 14-year-old girl who was raped and didn't want anybody to know, and then... She has the baby, and then she has a hormone crash, and then she's like, I really love that baby. I want the baby. What about that? Huh? You're 14, and you can't be, no. It's probably better for 14-year-olds not to Well, I'm kids, just but. saying there's going to be circumstances mm-hmm. where. Well, it shouldn't be. You have to be a little. No kind. matter what, yeah. you're, you can have it back. Because some 15. people, oh, I can get welfare money yep. for, not welfare. <laughs> oh, my God. Welfare what? money. I apparently need a vacation. <laughs> What Boy, am I trying to say? Yeah. What's going on today? Oh, we shall take a break and we'll be back with car selling secrets and a special guest. Right Yay. Yay. May.